Hello and welcome to the Hall of Fame video game podcast starring Matt Levy and Mike Staub. We love video games and have embarked on a journey to index the greatest video games of all time into our very own Hall of Fame. Here's the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the Hall of Fame video game podcast. Episode 65, shooting right into your streaming devices. I am your host, Matt Levy. And on the other side of the mic is Mike Staub. How are you, Mike? I'm getting good, Matt. I'm hopefully getting good. I don't think I'm good yet. I think I'm still pretty bad actually. So we're going to, we're going to try. We're well, going to try today, what we're talking Mike, about today. You better get good as they get say, good. because we're talking about a genre. We are talking about an entire genre of games that started. And this is where Mike, I'd say it started to become big yeah. because yeah. this is not the first in the, yeah. in, in this genre, I'd say the, the predecessor demon souls, which we're not going to talk about today, kind of, pushed forward this new genre, but talk to me, Mike, about Souls games. So Soulsborne games, Souls-like games, it's now a genre. The first game in the genre that, it, that we could really tie this back to is Demon's Souls, which released in January, in February of 2019, in 2009 in Japan, and then uh, came to the States like almost a year later, like the end of the year, like October of 2009. And I remember reading reviews for demon souls uh this from a company called from software who famously before this did the armored core games if you're like into mech fighting games or mech games and stuff like that but demon souls is the first game in the genre or series known as souls now Uh, it's become like its own thing there are other companies that have done their best shot taking their best shot at making souls games I believe it's Tecmo does Neo. I think I believe is their Souls game. Even Square is now following suit with with their Souls game, which is Final Fantasy Origin Strangers in Paradise or whatever the name of that game is called. It makes no sense, but whatever. It's a it's a series of third person action games that are brutally difficult, incredibly unforgiving, and honestly, from a visual standpoint, bleak. Yeah, it seems they're very sad to look at. I mean, it's not a joyful world. And it, I don't think something has to be just because it's dark doesn't mean it has to be bleak. I just think the the aesthetics of the game, Mike, I agree with you. It's not attractive. Yeah, I think the whole general vibe of Demon Souls, Dark Souls and all this stuff is that you're trapped somehow in this like purgatory. You're trapped in between in between worlds like your character is on. I guess a, a way to get through to whatever the next life is or something like that. And these games got really popular really quickly. And Demon's Souls releases on the PlayStation 3 as a PlayStation 3 exclusive. And Sony, I believe, published it. So that's a big deal, right? That's a big deal that Sony and Atlas worked together to publish this. And I believe it was considered an exclusive for the PlayStation. So two years later, when they come out with Demon's Souls, which is, I'm sorry, with Dark Souls, which is like really the start of the of that series. Demon Souls is almost like a prototype. And when you get to Dark Souls, Namco Bandai produces it and publishes it. It goes to every console, PC, you name it. And that's where the, the genre really starts to, to kick itself off. And it's one of those things where it's a series that I still have trouble getting into. 
personally, if we're going to be 100% honest here. And not from lack of trying, correct? No, no. I've tried all of these games. I've tried. I got Demon Souls on PlayStation 3 when it came out. I played it for like five seconds, died about 10 times and said, yep, no, nah, not going to do this. I don't know why the reviews like it so much. And then like two years later, like Dark Souls is coming out. And I'm like, I didn't like Demon Souls, but maybe this will try. Maybe I'll try it with this one. I played Demon Souls. I died about 10 times in the first five minutes. I was like, nope, not for me. And, and Mike, I, yeah, and, I, and I'm the Dark same Souls. as you, Mike. I mean, I've had the same experience. And that doesn't mean I will say that the Dark Souls are, quote unquote, bad video games because they're not. They're, they are inspiring and they are important to a lot of people. And they did create a genre, but not every game is for everyone. And we talked about on this pod, Metal Gear Solid, which is a fantastic game. It's not a game that I personally jive with. And I'm sure you can say that about a few of the games we've talked about right here on this pod. Yeah. I mean, you all heard me talk about GoldenEye, right? And how I don't really love GoldenEye. You've also heard me talk about Dark Souls now. <laughs> now, the my issue with Dark Souls is that it's one of those things where a lot of the, the, the common kind of thing about Dark Souls is like, oh, you got to play it until it clicks. And maybe you just need to get better at the game. That's the more toxic side, right? The more toxic side of things are people who say, and we joked about it at the beginning of the podcast, they say, get good. Meaning that the only reason you don't like the game is because you're bad at it. And okay, that's fine if you want to be that much of a jerk. But like at some point, the game has to get good. Like at some point, it can't be janky. At some point, the combat has to work properly. I've beaten Bayonetta. I've beaten the Ninja Gaiden games. I've beaten Devil May Cry. They're all difficult. They're all difficult. But you know what? The combat functions well. And Demon Souls, Dark Souls, and stuff like that. And I'm not just trying to take a shot at them. There's a, there's a, I, the vibe of it and the style of it is is very much jank on purpose. And that's kind of how it works. Let me jump in with other franchises, like you just said, that I think have Souls elements, but to me, clicked with. And that's. The Mega Man series, I would say Shovel Knight has some Souls elements. Yeah. I would say Cuphead yeah. has some Souls elements. These games where they are unforgiving, games where you have to maybe redo levels and redo bosses till you learn patterns and learn situations. But I always feel like in those games, when I lose, I did something wrong. Yet yeah. when I play Dark Souls, I get frustrated because I feel like the game did something wrong, Mike. It, it feels like like you have to memorize patterns, which is very much an NES-style thing. But at the same time, the games themselves are so unforgiving to a point where like it, it loses the ability to be fun. And when I played a Souls game that I actually liked the most out of the whole franchise is Sekiro. Sekiro was the one I enjoyed the most. Well, I like ninja stuff, so that's already up my alley. But when playing Sekiro, I was like, hold on. I kind of got it. And I also, I've learned something with Sekiro was like, you have to put the game down every so often. You got to put it down. You got to do something else. You got to try something else. So you kind of like lose your frustration. And I do the same thing with Cuphead. Cuphead, I would get so incredibly frustrated with a boss in Cuphead that I just had to put it down and take and just leave for a minute and come back. And then I would be able to beat the boss. And I don't mean that I know there's a lot of people that like these games because they're obtuse. There's a lot of people who like these games because they're quote unquote difficult. It's a grind. People sometimes it's, like yeah. that, that grind where you're just banging against the wall over and over again. Yeah. And you reach, you get through at some point. 
But there are, there are games that also do that style very well as well. Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order definitely takes a lot from the Souls games and is better than all of them. And it's one of those things. The reason why it's better than all of them is because while it can be unforgiving and the combat is a bit much in terms of like the intensity and you have to get good at the systems in order to do it, it never felt cheap to me. There are times when I'll play a Dark Souls, Demon Souls, and it feels cheap. And I don't want that. And nobody wants that because kids used to get kicked out of the arcade for being cheap. If you're spamming fireballs nonstop at Street Fighter, like I, you should leave. Nobody wants again. that person. Yeah, exactly. You over know, and Mike, over. But you're right. You're absolutely right. I love that you brought up Jedi Fallen Order. I absolutely love that you brought that game up because that game can be a Souls game. Now, I lowered that difficulty to make it a little more accessible, a little easier for little old me. And it became just an adventure action Metroidvania type game. Yeah. But you're yeah. right. That game, if you play it on normal or slightly higher difficulty, it's very much, very much so a Souls game. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what? It feels a lot more rewarding. That being said, I will say this much. The Dark Souls games in the series and Dark Souls in general, uh, is a, it does feel rewarding. I will give it, I will absolutely give it that. When you finally beat a boss after rolling around it for five minutes and stabbing it in the back a hundred times, when you beat that boss and you clear a really tough enemy, it feels really good. It feels really good. It feels like a rush. It feels like when you would beat something in Contra or you would finally beat Sigma in Mega Man X. Like, it feels like you get that that adrenaline push and rush that you don't get anymore in video games. And that's kind of why I love Dark Souls. <laughs> that's what I love about it. What I love about Dark Souls is that it was like, I understand the point of accessibility. I think accessibility is incredibly important, but I also love the fact that FromSoft is like, no, our games are hard. And if you're not good with that, then don't play them. And that's also fine. That's also fine because you got to know what you're getting into when you're playing these games. And I know it's always a cop out. We're like, well, maybe it's just not for me. And then it probably isn't. And Dark Souls has created a community, uh, which sometimes can be a little much. Uh, the community can be a little much. But I do think it's it's really crazy to see how a community formed around this game. There's There's something super special about this series because it has drawn a group of fans that will defend these games until they pass out. They will talk about it online. They will share hints. They will share tricks. They will share tips. They will, in-game, as their characters die, they will let you know what you shouldn't do or what you should do if you're moving through an area. And there is that camaraderie that even though this is a single-player, third-person action RPG, there is a sense of community within the game that you don't typically get. Dark Souls and Demon Souls and Sekiro and Bloodborne are very unique and that nothing else quite feels like it. Even games that copy the Souls formula, they don't quite feel like Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Sekiro or Bloodborne. There is a uniqueness to it that in the same vein that Platinum games feel like Platinum games, FromSoft games feel like FromSoft games, and everyone that has tried to copy it, they've done pretty well. Like Neo's decent, and obviously Fallen Order is an amazing game, but... None of them feel the same. None of them feel quite like Dark Souls. And it's one of those things where it's a, it's a novel experience. It's something that you can expect just from this series. And honestly, I don't know where the Japanese game industry would be 
if it weren't from Demon's Souls in 2009. Because if you go back to 2009, you look at the PlayStation 3 and the Xbox 360, the Japanese game market and Japanese RPGs were like lost in the HD generation. And this was kind of like a return to form, right? I brought up Contra, right? I brought up, I'll bring up Zelda 2. I'll bring up any of those like nails hard, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, any of those nails hard NES games, the, the legacy of Dark Souls really traces itself back to classic NES style games where you would get to the end of a stage and you would fight a boss and the boss would be really difficult. And the only way to beat it would be to memorize the plat- memorize their patterns and get better at the game. Now, me saying that there's a lot of jank in Dark Souls is, is not untrue, but if you want to play these games that you have to embrace that just like when we talked about oblivion right you kind of have to embrace that that's part of how these games function and why i might not love that you can't fault the game for it because the game is pretty much telling you that's what we do yeah the game is definitely designed that way and there's something to that mike that a couple things you said i would say first off while not everyone might love these particular games you have to credit the things that it does well. And like you said, first off, I would say the combat style, not everyone likes it, but it has its own unique combat style. Very few games, like you said, I want to tell you a personal experience of mine of this game. You start this game out, you go through a gate, you fight a couple skeletons, then you get to this first room with this giant boss that's dropped down from the sky. And you immediately get obliterated by this thing because you've never played this game before. And... I've restarted this game several times over the years, creating different characters, trying different builds, trying different things. Now, I didn't realize you're not supposed to fight this guy in the beginning. You're supposed to run past him. You're supposed to try and find a stronger item, get to another spot, do the whole bonfire thing, level your guy up. I didn't understand that. And these games purposely don't have a tutorial. They purposely don't tell you what to do. There's very little hand-holding. But like you said, there's these messages that people in these online communities, people have this like network, how they talk to each other in in this game. And that's what makes this game so unique. And then when I did come back, because the level design is very like a labyrinth in this game. Yep. So you get this item, you get this upgraded stronger weapon. I believe I had either like a chain or an axe or something. And I fought that boss again. And I dominated him in like 45 seconds to a minute of rolling around with a much, much more powerful weapon. And you're right. I felt awesome. Now, some video games make you feel all powered at all times. And you play games and you're just like, I can destroy anybody and anything. And it's like no more heroes and a bunch of games like that. And people like that. It's easy. They feel strong. They feel powerful. And you get all those jolts of excitement every time you beat something. Dark Souls, it's a slow, slow build towards that. And you have to like wait through a lot of dying, a lot of redoing, retreading your steps. But when you do get there, you're right, Mike. There is that feeling of accomplishment and then you just get killed again by three skeletons that surround you and you can't you know, beat them. Yeah, it's, it is a very special masochistic way of playing a video game. To its credit, video games in 2009 had gotten very easy. And very easy to the point where like that was the standard. The standard was, was that these games are very, very easy. And now I hate I hate complaints. If you're like, it's too easy. Like that bugs me 
so much like, oh, what kind of a pretentious jerk are you to be like, oh, I don't like it. It's too easy. Just like leave. I, I hate that garbage. But it's one of those things where it's like, if you're like, hey, it's a little easy, but whatever you blow right. It's a difference than, than what I'm saying here. But games had gotten very easy in 2009. I think the HD generation, we focused more on the jump and less on the difficulty. And there were still some hard games here or there. But I think this was a breath of fresh air for people who have been really dying for a new challenge. And I think that means a lot. And then by 2011, it's like, nice, we're going to get more of these really hard games. That's really cool. And moving on from there, it's it's a really just, it, there is that feeling of accomplishment. I mean, I haven't finished any of these games, but when I get past a big boss, when I get past a difficult section and I get to the next bonfire, it makes you feel like you've actually accomplished something in a video game. It's not like an RPG, right? JRPGs, I love. Regular Western RPGs, too, I love. But those games aren't difficult. All The only way, like, if you're on a difficult part in a JRPG or an RPG or any RPG in general that isn't Dark Souls, if you're on a difficult part, it's just like, you know what? Just go kill some more slimes. You level up a few times, and then that boss will be real easy. And Dark Souls, it doesn't matter really how good, how how high level or how good your gear is all the time if you don't know how to use it. And it's like, if I give an expert level fisherman who fishes with a fishing pole and I give him a javelin to start shooting, throwing javelins at sharks and stuff, he's going to be garbage at it. So like, it's one of those things where it's just like, maybe as a player, it's like, yeah, you can be max level or whatever, however it works. You can be a higher level than everything else. You can have the greatest sword in the game, but if you can't play the game properly, you're not good. Now that does that does that does create a lot of that does create a lot when the conversation comes to accessibility and how important that is for games to be able to be played by people and how these games aren't the most accessible because not just because they're difficult, but they require a lot of a lot of coordination and they require a lot of buttons for you to hit on the controller to work properly properly. I'm still not cool with using L or R to attack. Yeah, I gotta tell you, Mike, I've played this game several times in my life, and I can play this game for two to three hours, and I still push the wrong buttons just because I don't know if it's the button mapping or it's the way the game is set up. I don't usually have that issue with games. I usually learn the controls a little bit and then I have the just muscle memory. But I got to tell you, after a few hours playing this game, I was still like hitting the wrong button and just like using the shield at the wrong times, rolling differently, jumping, doing different stuff when I shouldn't have been doing it. And yeah. there's something to that. Yeah, no, I think there is. And I think that's part of it, too. That's it, there is a little bit of a cool kids club right. when it comes to Dark Souls, where it's like, well, you just don't know how to play it. Well, it's like, yeah, well, I also think that it's stupid that games used to be quarter munchers where you go and play a 2D belt scrolling action game from the, the late 80s on an arcade cabinet and you play it when you have infinite money and you blow through the game. Uh, and I love those games. I love Teenage well, Mutant Ninja this Turtles. This game is definitely that, but in the same respect, Mike, people can blow through this game in like an hour. If they know where to get like a strong weapon and they know the right build to do, you can beat this game at no time at all. I mean, I after I got defeated a bajillion times in a row, I said, let me just go watch some videos because sometimes that's the best way to like learn how to play these games. Cause if you don't play this game without a tutorial or reading a forum, you're going to do something wrong. Yep. And I can't tell you how easily some people can beat this game. It's actually like infuriating. Like I'll say that about dark souls and I'll say about cuphead. 
We're like, there are people that are like, yeah, I'll do a cuphead run and I won't take damage. I was like, no, okay, thanks. Thanks for making me feel good about myself. (laughs) And and these games, these games are really, they're really special. They're really special because like not frequently does a community form around a game that isn't like something that's exclusively online. Now I know there are online multiplayer components to Dark Souls. I know that. I know that. But it's not like, it's not like playing Halo. It's not like playing Counter-Strike. It's not like playing Fortnite or Final Fantasy 14 or World of Warcraft. Like, it's a very interesting series to have a very committed and loyal fan base around. And I respect the heck out of it for that. Well, and me, I think it's good me, that it has a place in the industry. Let me ask you a couple things that this game is kind of famous for and kind of get your sure. feeling on what some of these things mean to Dark Souls, the genre, and to gaming. So first off, this game is credited for giving you, the player, the ability to create your own character and your own build and to kind of play this game your own place. What do you think about the way that Dark Souls kind of lets you, these games, create your own build and style and character? I love that because I don't like playing like everyone else does. And I, nobody does, right? We all have the type of characters we like. I'm a big fan of usually speed, speedy characters that use light weapons and get a lot of damage in a short period of time, as opposed to like a big hulking a big hulking weapon that takes forever. And I just want to be able to jab, 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 and then, and then run away. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of that. And I was a big fan of that in monster hunter too. And I think monster hunter also is somehow kind of parallel to uh, dark souls. I think monster hunter is a little different, but I think they have a similar, a similar vibe with the custom character customization. I think any game that gives you the ability to customize a character, it'll be, it's awesome. Yeah. Next, I would say, and you spoke about this before, but how it is punishing and you have to be almost a little bit sadistic to enjoy this game and it's unforgiving and it's difficulty. And I think you spoke about what that means to the genre, but Dark Souls is sort of, I'd say, famous now from 2011 when this game came out to now as being sort of the difficult game in video games, this this franchise. Yeah, and it's become a barometer, right? So whenever a difficult game comes out, it's the Dark Souls of whatever. Right. And that's what people say now. It's the Dark Souls of Mario games. It's the Dark Souls of platformers. It's the Dark Souls of JRPGs, which is redundant. It's the Dark Souls of Dark Souls. And then you even have games like Dead Cells that are like 2D indie versions of what Dark Souls is trying to do. And it's special. It's cool. It's really, really changed the gaming landscape. And like I said, I think it was a real boon to the Japanese game development side to have this style because I don't know if there are really many Western companies that have tried to make Souls games. Uh, I know we talked about Fallen Order, but Fallen Order is only kind of partially a Souls game. Like that game is Metroid meets Dark Souls meets Uncharted. So I think it's really important. And I yeah. think character builds are really important as well. And that, that actually is also in the game like Dead Souls. Next, uh, the last two things I'd say these games are really famous. People are into the lore, the world building, the world, the text, the messages that are all over you play these games, whether it's something in-game or something someone else left for you to in these online worlds. But the text, the world building, the lore, would you say that has a special spot in the industry, the kind of Dark Souls? I think it's it's unique. Let me go ahead and say that I think it's unique. I don't think anything quite feels like Dark Souls. I think the monster design is very odd. I think that the... And that's especially true for Bloodborne. I think Bloodborne has the best overall vibe and design of all these games i love that kind of like gothic horror type deal like it's a little bit more castlevania yeah 
but I do think that the character design, the world design, it's a little, like I said, it's, it's, it's a little, it's a little gray. It's a little dour. Uh, It's a little dark. Even the remastered as well. It kind of has that same, they definitely kept the feel of it. And Mike, when I watch Lord of the Rings now, and I watch, when I go back and watch fellowship of the ring. And if you remember every time Frodo uh, puts the ring on his finger, these, these knights, these, these dark knights see him. And that's, I get like a very dark soulsy vibe now when I'm, when I, when I watch Lord of the Rings. You're certainly not wrong. Uh, that's definitely the, the, the vibe that it gives off. It definitely gives off that type of, that type of feel, that type of like, if you are trapped between realities, right? The afterlife and regular life, that makes sense, right? right. That makes sense. And I think that's deliberately done. And it's, it's not my favorite art style. It's not my favorite world building, but I do think that it's effective and I think that it's unique. And I think that means a lot for a video game in today's day and age, especially when we're talking about games around the uh, 2009, 2012, where everything was kind of gray yeah. and brown and looked like, looked like everyone was some kind of shaved head space marine. It was interesting to get stuff like this with very Japanese designs. Yeah. Well, the last thing that kind of goes with your your art design and the style of the world, but I'd say people credit this game probably more than anything besides difficulty. If the the intricate level design, especially of this first game, how it starts off with this kind of labyrinth type feel, has a bit of Metroidvania to it. But Mike, what do you, what do you have to say about the the level design and the labyrinths and the looks of these these castles and these prisons and this world as far as the way the design the levels are designed? I know they're based off a lot of real places. Like a lot of real palaces, a lot of real castles, a lot of real places in I think Europe or whatever like that. So I always love seeing that. I always love seeing that there's definitely like that kind of like dark fantasy vibe to it, which is very cool. I get lost in these places a lot when I'm playing the game. I don't love it while I'm playing them, but looking at them and seeing like where their influences come from is really cool. And the grim dark approach is very edge lordy. But like it's done to a point where it's like so overt that it's hilarious. You know what I mean? So it's like it's like got that it's got that thing going for it where it's like, yeah, we're no we know we're going to like turn up the we're going to turn up the uh, the darkness on this. And and uh, it's going to be one of those things where it's like, yeah, you're you know what you're in for. Like the game looks as difficult as it is. And right. I think that's important. <laughs> I think that's important because it should scare people away that don't like it. No, that's a great, great point. So. Mike, we're talking about Dark Souls from 2011. The remaster of 2018 is very accessible on modern consoles. It's on Switch, PC, uh, Xbox, PlayStation. You can play it just about anywhere. Everyone knows it's FromSoft or FromSoftware is the yep. developer. Bandai Namco had a huge hit here. The publisher, I believe, the few that, that the, the ones that came after Dark Souls, they had a huge hit, Bandai Namco, Which, by publishing them. this. Great for them. They usually, with all of the anime, this was kind of a surprise yeah, Bandai Namco, I'd say, but this is a game that you you said it's one of the greatest video games made, and even though it might not be for you and me, we can admit here on the Hall of Fame pod that it's its own genre. You know, this game where you are this cursed undead character that is completely unforgiving, completely more difficult than has any necessary any necessary reason being, but it's loved, Mike, and there's a huge portion of people out there that that just live for these games, and that'll lead us to, you know. Elden Ring, this game, Mike, that the whole world is playing, and it's now, people say it's the most accessible Dark Souls. There's three Dark Souls games out there. There's Bloodborne. There's all these games out there, Mike. And now Elden Ring, this open world, multiplayer, 
Souls-like game. What are your thoughts on on, on Elden Ring? Yeah, it's going to fool me again, Matt. It's going to fool me again. They're going to get me. I'm going to buy it. I'm going to play it for like two hours. I'm going to get mad. And it's going to sit on my shelf. And I'm going to go, I don't know why I keep doing this to myself. Yeah, I don't know why I'm going to buy it because no. the reviews are too good. And I try to play every single game of the year candidate. And I've been upset with game of the year a lot lately, maybe because I'm getting older. But you know what? To be fair, I thought Metroid Dread, I didn't think it was hard. And that's not me trying to be like, I'm a cool guy. I'm, I'm so good at video games because I'm not. I didn't think Metroid Dread was that hard. So it's time for me to get a taste of my own medicine. And uh, and play something that just really just makes me look like a fool. So maybe it's time to get Elden Ring. You know, Mike, I've tried to watch so many countless reviews and videos and content on this game because it's all anyone's talking about. I mean, Horizon West, the you know, the, the new Horizon game came out, and then a week later, Elden Ring just swept it away, just like Breath of the Wild did five years ago. And I I feel yeah. bad for it, but in the same respect, Elden Ring is this hyped up game from from the, the developer of these souls games and it's gonna suck me in and yet i watch the videos and i go i'm gonna play this for a half an hour and turn it's it like, off yeah no i already i get frustrated watching people play it going like i'm gonna hate this but i'm gonna buy it and i will tell you this much horizon can't catch a break man someone at sony and gorilla i mean those games are good i think the horizon games are a little overrated i i i think that i i got tired of the dinosaur aesthetic i would have rather just fought real dinosaurs <laughs> but no but, but mike they're very well made games oh they're beautifully made games they're beautiful oh, beautifully great made combat, game great production value yes. it just didn't click with me no no it's just it's there's i put 10 hours into the first game and i, I just beat, fell off i just lost interest i beat the first game and after finishing the first horizon i was just like yeah i don't really get why that stuff didn't work because you went to me, hey, Mike, we made this. I think it's because they combined a bunch of things that like I don't see working together. It's like robots. Love robots. Give me a whole bunch of robot games. And then it's like dinosaurs. I'm like, yes, I will play a dinosaur game. And then it's like post-apocalyptic. Post-apocalyptic, yeah. Tribal, tribal America. And I'm like, this seems cool. Let's do this. And then it ends up being like, we put it all in one game, the dinosaurs and robots. And like after a while, I'm just like, Everything or every enemy looks the same. I don't care how much bigger they are than whatever. And yeah. it's a beautiful game to look at. But it's you know what? Also, I, I will say this: I'm getting a little tired, and I loved Ghost of Tsushima, so I'm being a little hypocritical here. I'm getting a little tired of the Sony-style third-person skill tree-based action game. Well, you we open up your map. You got way. 30 different places to go. You got quests. You got subquests. It's like, oh, should I do the main quest? Oh, no, that person can wait for me to save them because I got other side quests. That's where people are like Elden Ring. It's like, well, I could just go into this world and do anything. I can go anywhere, explore anything. It's like I mean, Oblivion. It's like Breath of the Wild. It's all these games all over again that we that we talk about. Breath of the Wild changed that like yeah. a lot. And it's a big deal. No markers and on your map to go. Nothing. And that's fine. And that's fine. I think I just... Sony really needs to sit down with their home properties and say, we need to make a change here because I love Spider-Man too, but it does the same stuff. Spider-Man, God of War, yeah. Ghost of Tsushima, Horizon are all essentially I mean, the I love same Ratchet and Clank. Game. You could say the same thing as well. Same I mean, thing. You could say the same thing yeah. as Ratchet as well. And I love all these games, but they're all the same. They got At some, some point, this is, I mean, it's going to get tired. Just like 2D, HD 2D at some point will get 
tired. I'm nowhere near tired of it right now. I think we need more games like that. But every style after a while needs some reinvention. And I think Sony really needs to sit down with their first party titles and go, we need to break the mold because every game is essentially the same. And they're all kind of the same as Assassin's Creed. And that's a problem there. With Dark Souls, they're all the same, but that's one series, right? And I'm excited for Elden Ring at least to at least maybe I'm excited because maybe this is the one that works. Yeah. Maybe this is the plan that worked. So who knows? Yeah. I I'm probably gonna give in to I have to admit, I replayed Dark Souls a bit in preparing for our conversation today. And I could still say it's not for me, but it started to click and I can see where people get into it. And I think if I had more and more free time, I might choose to play this a bit more. But since I have such little free time, I'd rather play a game that doesn't punish me over and over again. But it still is very much worthy of our conversation today. This game is a legend in the video game space. Without a doubt, this game is massively important. The series is even more important than the game is. It's one of those things where just because I have some criticisms of it doesn't mean... Uh, doesn't. Well, listen, I'm not going to say that my criticism isn't valid. I think it is. But that doesn't take away from the fact that these games are incredibly special um, yeah. and they're just really just important. Important is a, is a word that I'll keep throwing around here. You don't create, it's very rare that a new genre is created. And Demon Souls and Dark Souls really did a good job with that. These games are pretty accessible to find. And uh, maybe tonight, maybe I'll play a little Demon Souls on the PS5 just to like see if Elden Ring is even in the possibility of happening. <laughs> well, Mike, thank you for talking about the. Uh, latest game to join our Hall of Fame, which is getting pretty crowded with our it is our 65 games episodes today. Well, I think again, I got to do a count. I oh think yeah, it's more like, like 70 or 85 or something. But yeah, for now, 65 episodes in the bank. So, Mike, tell us what you've been playing lately. I've quit video games, Matt. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I've been playing. Uh, I got Triangle Strategy on last week when it came out, and it's great. It's I don't want to say it's everything I wanted because everything I wanted would have been Final Fantasy Tactics, but I love Triangle Strategy. It's less like Final Fantasy Tactics, more like Tactics Ogre. You know, you're you're in a little bit of Fire Emblem in there too, but it's a beautiful game to look at. It's a very fun strategy game. I could see myself getting very into the weeds of doing all the nonsensical side stuff and upgrading all my characters and going through the story. It's a very deeply political story. So tell me, what would be the elevator pitch if I've played like Mario and Rabbids or XCOM or a regular traditional JRPG? How does this differ? What's the elevator pitch? How does this differ from I am X- like Mario XCOM? Ra- XCOM or Mario and Rabbids? Is it that far or Fire Emblem? It's a bit more. I would compare it the most to Fire Emblem. Definitely, it's definitely more like Fire Emblem than those other two games because your characters move around a grid. It's kind of like a battle chess. Each character has their own class. And their class, you can't really change classes. You can upgrade them, which is something that you do in Fire Emblem and I think in in Tactics Ogre. But it's a much more serious game than, than say, Mario Rabbids for sure. But it's probably in the vein of like a little bit, it's a darker Fire Emblem in that in that instance. It's It's got the RPG elements. It's got character work. There is a, like I said, deeply political story between these warring kingdoms. And it's one of those things where the elevator pitch for it is that it's battle chess 
Cool. But with it's like battle chess. That's always what I can call it. It's like battle any, chess like, with heroes unique abilities. Of, heroes of might and magic in there at all? You think? I hadn't played though. I hadn't played those games. The games that it's the most similar to are Final Fantasy Tactics and. And, and is there permadeath Tactics to your uh, your party? Not from what I've seen so far. Okay. I've had characters die in combat and uh, they're back the next battle. So I don't think so, but that might change. Gotcha. Well, that's very cool, Mike. Is this a game you think you'll keep playing on? Oh, for sure. I've been I've been looking forward to this game for like a year, so it's one of those things where the second they showed it, I was like, "This." First of all, I loved Octopath Traveler. I love the two D HD style. Live Alive has already been pre ordered. The physical copy has been pre ordered, so that game I'm very excited for that remake. The Dragon Quest three remake, whenever that happens, will be bought on day one. So I'm a big fan of the style. Uh, I'm a gigantic Final Fantasy Tactics fan. I like Tactics Ogre a lot. So it's one of those things where it's just you you gave me the game that I wanted and that's awesome. I, I'm down. It doesn't quite scratch the Final Fantasy Tactics itch, but those of us who are super fans of Tactics know that nothing has ever come close. And uh, this game is great. It definitely comes close, but it's still not exactly the same. And it's great. Uh, I love it. I, I'm definitely going to play it through to the end. And uh, you'll be hearing me talk about it a little bit, hopefully week to week here. That's very cool. I've been uh, diving more into Paper Mario Color Splash on the Wii U. My son continues to push through that game and I'm guiding him along. That's but dad. But the video game influence in my life this past week has been a TV show on Netflix called Cuphead. Oh, yeah. Cuphead's so good. And I watched the whole thing in probably two to three days. They're short, like 15 minute episodes, and they feel like something I grew up with. They feel like yeah. a combination of the old school cartoons back in the day, a little bit of Looney Tunes in there, a little bit, there's some slapstick, it's some dark, it's some twisted stuff, but it feels very respectful of the game and, and the, and the, and the characters. Now, now hear me out with Cuphead. Cause when I first saw that they were going to do a Cuphead show, I'm like, Oh cool. It's going to be like Fleischer brothers cartoons, right? It's going to be like all those old Fleischer cartoons from like, I don't know what the thirties and forties and fifties or whenever they were coming out and a little bit of Disney silly symphonies and a little bit of Looney Tunes. And because that's what Cuphead, Cuphead is completely based on Fleischer Brother cartoons, like Betty Boop and all that. And I play the game and I'm like, cool. And then I remember seeing shots of the cartoon. I'm like, hmm, this doesn't look as Fleischery as the game does. And then watching the first episode, I'm like, clearly heavily influenced by Looney Tunes, Fleischer Brothers, Disney. But I got a vibe of like Rocco's Modern Life and a little taste yes. of like SpongeBob. Yes. Like a little bit of that in Cuphead, the show. Not a lot. And it's, I know it's weird because they don't do the gross out stuff, but there's like almost like just a pinch of Ren and Stimpy. Totally. It's like, it's like, it's got that vibe. It's not nearly as gross out as it's not gross out at all when compared to like Ren and Stimpy, but it's got kind of that bouncy kind of, kind of vibe to it. The music's great. The artwork's great. The voice work is amazing. It's I'm loving Cuphead. Yeah. The voice work, the artwork are, are top notch. And that's what you'd expect from a Cuphead series with delivers. They already greenlit, I believe, season two. I think the creators Good. put on Twitter that season two will be coming actually by the end of this year. So I think they already had it going. So I, I loved it. I, I love Cuphead. I can't wait for the delicious next course. I believe the DLC that's coming this summer. <laughs> so, the delicious last course. Last course, yes. So I, I'm, I'm so excited for that. But it was so nice to, if you are a fan of Cuphead, it's definitely worth a watch on Netflix. Oh, for sure. And we all know the video game adaptations tend to do very terribly, but the cartoons on Netflix have seemed to be doing pretty well. Yeah, so. I totally agree. So, Mike, that's going to wrap up our 
65th episode of the Hall nice. of Fame video game podcast. Thank you. And where can people out there find you on the great old internet? Okay. You can find me here every episode on the Hall of Fame podcast featuring video games. Mostly every episode on the Hall of Fame podcast featuring video games. You can hear me on my other podcast called How About This, where me and my friend Jordan talk about pretty much just about any franchise on the planet, and we pitch something new for that franchise or something to do with those characters. Recently, we've done Capcom Versus series, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman, and we're going to uh, do more of that. Uh, I'm actually starting another podcast with Jordan very soon that should that should start in the fall called the Batman Tasticast where we are going to do an episode-by-episode analysis of Batman, the animated series, the greatest single cartoon ever made. And uh, that'll be in store in the fall. So keep your eyes and ears open for that. And also you can find my band, Bad Mary. We just released an EP of cover tunes. We're going to have a whole bunch of new music coming out and covers and all this stuff going on for the rest of the year. So you can find us at Bad Mary Band pretty much wherever you do your social medias. Or you can go to badmary.com. And last but not least, Long Island Retro Gaming. If you like my opinions on video games or not, you can go to Long Island Retro Gaming, search them out on the internet because they are a great group of folks that do an amazing expo every year. Matt was Matt came and visited us during our holiday event, which uh, was a lot of fun. And he had a good time there. And the summer event is three times as big. And there are guests and panels and vendors and free play and history and a museum. A lot of stuff. So that's going to be, I believe, the second weekend in August. You should definitely search Long Island Retro on your socials so that you get all that updated information. And before I'm out of breath, that's all I got. That's awesome. Well, guys, keep checking our social media feeds. The schedule over the next month could get a little back and forth. I'll be moving and expecting a child in a few weeks. So I might just call Mike one day and say, or just text him and say, sorry, I have to cancel a child just just came out of my wife. <laughs> I, I might not exactly put it that way, but I might put it just that way. So um, me, I'll tell you, man, the, you, you are, I don't know how, I don't know what was going through the head where you're like, we're going to have a kid and a house. Yeah. At Mike's, the same time, Mike sees boxes piled up in the corner behind me. It's not like a pretty zoom call right now as I'm preparing to move within the next week and a half to two weeks. And we're expecting a child. So we're going to keep trying, keep these episodes coming to you. In the meantime, re-listen to the old catalog. There's a lot of great content, some great games me and Mike have talked about, but we also have uh, a dozen scheduled for the next several weeks to come that are going to be just as good. So please keep checking your social media feeds for updates and we'll see you guys all next time. See you guys later. Enjoy. From Mike and Matt, thank you for listening to the Hall of Fame Game Podcast. Check us out on Instagram at Hall of Fame Pod or email us at thehalloffamepod at gmail.com. Please leave us a review and be sure to tune in next time.